I, I just want to, I want to talk to you about how grace empowers us to do the things that God asks. And so, if God says, be holy, because I'm holy in Peter, he actually expects us not to try, but actually to be that. He's not like we were saying in that illustration, like a cruel eagle that just says to a pig, fly because I fly. He actually transforms us so that we become an eagle that can fly. And I want to just talk about how grace does that this morning. If you uh, go into the new Tesco's in Woolwich, it's an amazing experience because everything's automatic. Um, Actually, the only thing you have to touch is the door because the... The flush is automatic. You can have some fun with the flush if you want to. There's different... Or the toilet. Yeah, that stack works like that. You can then walk across to the soap and put your hands under the soap, and that's automatic. And then you can put your hand into the sink and the water's automatic. And then you can go across to the hand dryer, and that's automatic. It's fun. And what you can do, if you're bored, you can put your hand under the soap and your hand under the sink... And then put your hand under the dryer. They're kind of fun things you can do. (laughs) If you're looking at a Saturday, not quite sure what to do, get yourself into Tesco's. It's all free. And there's no twisting of anything. You don't have to understand how it works. It just works. Pardon? I need a new hobby. Grace. Grace. Transforming grace has, is more like Tesco's toilets than we realise. <laughs> I don't have to work to make the soap come out. I don't have to pump the floor to get the water to come out. I don't need to do something to make the hand dryer work. But I do need to position myself under the soap and I do need to position myself under the tap and I do need to position myself under the hand dryer grace is like that grace is like that grace says the transforming bit the empowering bit the being holy like I'm holy bit the flying like the eagle when we feel like we're a pig bit I'll do all of that, but you need to position yourself to receive what I've got to give. And so we can read verses that can actually make us feel troubled or condemned. So, for example, let's look in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. 
And that can make us feel, we read it and maybe we feel, oh no, the, the God's word has come and sliced my heart and he's seen the sickness in my heart and he's seen this problem and that problem, this area and that area. God, I'm going to go and deal with that now. I'm going to work on that now and I'm going to present you a finished product. I'm going to work. Or you can understand that grace says, I know everything already. Everything about you, I know it. (laughs) My eyes see everything. Nothing in all creation is hidden from my sight. I see your broken bits. I see where there's sickness in your heart still. I see where there's an attitude. I see it all already. You don't need to hide from me. That's what grace says. I see it all. I know it all. My word sees everything. Or my heart sees everything. My eyes see everything. So you don't need to hide anything about your life. Because God knows. There is no such thing in your life as a skeleton in the closet that God doesn't know about. He's in the closet, okay? He's in the closet. He knows. And that's what those verses are saying. Those verses are not to provoke a kind of Genesis response, you know, where Adam and Eve sin and then they hide. And God says, where are you? Those verses are not to lead us to a kind of fig leaf, sow our lives together, hide from God. They are to cause us to run to him with confidence because he already knows. He knows where grace needs to be applied. He knows the areas that need to be cleaned up. He knows the areas that need transformation already. He absolutely knows. And so his grace will come to us and it will be the voice that says, I want to bring you into greater freedom. I want to bring you into greater transformation. I've got deeper water for you to swim in. Come over here. I want you to swim in it. Grace speaks to us and says, come near. Because following those verses, where it's clear that God knows, he says, therefore. Whenever there's a therefore, it means that something has gone before that we need to take attention of, pay attention to. What's gone before? That he knows. That that. Therefore, because I see everything, therefore, because nothing's hidden, therefore, because I know, therefore, because everything about our lives is seen by God, because there's no skeletons in the closet with God, therefore, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For... We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our, for our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In other words, because he knows, position yourself to receive grace. Because he knows, put your hands under the soap and let the soap come out that he might wash and clean. Because he knows, let some water come out to refresh you. 
because he knows, put your hands under the dryer that he might dry you and prepare you and do you good and lead you into freedom. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The gospel is not this. He exposes an area of weakness and then you go off and sort it on your own. The gospel is not He tells you where you need transformation and then you go off and produce transformation then bring it back to him and say, here I am, I've done really hard work. Jesus would say to us, since you can do nothing, how much help do you need? We we have to come to terms with our utter inability to fix ourselves. I cannot fix me. You cannot fix you. But grace can empower us to become powerful people who can tell themselves what to do and they do it. I can't fix me. I can't sort me out. I can't muster up enough strength because I can do nothing. And yet grace can so touch our hearts that it will establish us as people who can actually tell themselves what to do And we're able to do it. I love that quote that says, the highest form of government is self-government. The ability to tell yourself what to do, and you do it. The ability to control yourself. The ability to make decisions. The ability to align yourself up with God says, and have the ability to do it. Grace can cause us to become those who can lead ourselves. And so, I want to just talk very briefly then, is how are we going to get into a position where we actually receive the grace that we need so that we're empowered to be those who can lead ourselves? Let me say, find a strategy, if you don't remember anything from this morning, find a strategy to get your hands under the soap of grace. Find a strategy to get your hands under the water basin and find a strategy to get your hands onto the hairdryer or the hairdryer, the uh, hand dryer. More happens in the presence of God than we realise. More happens in the presence of God than we realise. I don't know if it's very, very warm in here. I don't know if we need to, to adjust the heating or something. It just feels very, very warm. Find a strategy to get yourself into the presence of God. How many of you how many of you have a commute to work? How many of you have a commute, whether it's in a car or a train or a walk? A number of us have a commute. How many of you double use that commute? as an opportunity to get grace into your life. A number of us. So that is one of the great things that we can do. In our modern technological world, you can have access to the Bible, preaching, 
music, a whole ton of stuff just in your pocket. Cultivate expectation, even for those small moments of the day. God, when I'm, I'm going to even be in your presence for one minute, and I'm expecting something to happen. Like in those Tesco, I'm expecting when I put my hand under that soap, soap's coming. I'm expecting water. To come to God with an expectation, even if I'm turning my affection to you, towards you, God, even if it's for one moment, I'm expecting to receive something. I'm expecting when I come into the throne of grace, I'm going to be receiving something. I may not be asking you for anything, God. I may not be making big intercessory requests. This might just be me positioning my heart in front of you. But I'm expecting when I come into your throne of grace, when I turn my affection towards you, when I put my worst foot forward, I'm expecting to find grace and mercy in my time of need. I'm expecting it. Have a habit to cultivate expectation of God. Cultivate that actually grace wants to come alongside you and empower you so that you're able to walk according to the things of the Spirit. Have that expectation. Ephesians 4, 4 talks about be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Be re- renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's something transformatory about the mind and, and transforming the way we think. Transforming the way we look at things. Spirit of the mind, maybe a way of saying that is so our subconscious, even if we're not praying all day, we're not engaging with God all day, we're doing our job, we're doing our job well, we're not in the Bible all day, we're doing what we've got to be paid for, we're we're doing it well as unto God and we're, we're doing it in excellence. But our mind is getting renewed so that we know actually all the time I'm in his presence. All the time I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. All the time I'm actually with God. I may not be consciously thinking about him, but all the time I'm increasingly aware where he goes, I go. Christ is in me. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm fixing my eyes on him. Can you see that? As we transform our mind, we begin to recognise he's with us all the time. Even if it is, sometimes it's fun just to give him a wave. I, I would do, I'd do, do that just to set, even, hi God, I know you're there. And that's it. It's a passing observation. Hi God, I know you're there. Back to work. Even a smile. Giving you a smile, God, because I know you're with me. I know I'm seated with you in heavenly places. This is just a little interlude between us. Felt like the other day when we were praying as a group of us, just that you know, sometimes in a, in a, you're in a party and you can't spend time with your best friend, but you sometimes give a wave across the room, and it's like we can't chat at the moment, we can't be together at the moment. There's a lot else going on, but I'm acknowledging you're there, and I'm saying in another set of circumstances we'd spend all this time together. I'm just acknowledging, and I think we can do that over a smile to him, a wave to him. An acknowledgement that we just know he's with us, we're near. I think that's part of dipping your hand under the soap, putting your hand in the water, just those snatched moments. I know you're with me, God. I know you're near. 
cultivate it by break down the mentality that there's a secular world and there's a spiritual world. There's a sacred world or there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a sacred world or a, a secular world. For God, everything is sacred. Everything is sacred. The whole of our lives are sacred. There is no divide. It's not that life is taking us away from God. It's not that life is stealing us away from God. Everything we do is spiritual. So whatever job you do, do it unto God. Begin it by saying, I'm, a, I'm dedicated to God. I'm dedicated to being one who glorifies him. So whatever I do, God, this is all for you. Whether it's a practical teaching, whatever you do, I'm doing it to you, God, for you, God. I'm presenting you this whole day, the way I speak to people, the way I react to people, the way I, what I do with my day, I'm going to steward it as it's a spiritual, sacred, holy, worshipping thing to you. There is no sacred, spiritual divide. It's not that the moment we wake up and turn our affection to him, that's the spiritual part, and then the rest of the day is just, well, that's just life that's taken us away where we want to be, from where we want to be. Reality, the whole day is spiritual. I think that's how we can renew our minds. We begin to think everything I'm doing today, from getting on the bus and the train to how I interact with other people, everything is spiritual. Everything is. Everything is. So you find a strategy to renew your mind. Turn your affections. Other things we can do is the use of silence. Just being with God. Putting some music on. Whatever you want to call it, well, we just call it biblical meditation, which is not like Eastern meditation, which is about emptying the mind. It's filling your mind with good things about God. Call it soaking, just being with him, being in his presence. I'm not bringing you anything, God. I'm not praying, as it were, right now. I'm just being with you and looking for the interaction. It can be in worship. It can be through journaling. One of the things that I personally value is, is journaling. Um, one of the things I enjoy doing is I have an appointment with God once a week where I go and ask him a particular question. And uh, what I personally do is just start writing and to see what, what inspiration comes. Uh, and then just looking to see, then verses pop into your head and you start realising there's this verse here and that verse there and that speaks about that theme. Because I'm looking to be with him. Because I'm looking to hear his voice. I'm looking to get his inspiration, his ideas. Because since he knows everything, I want to position myself through that particular discipline to hear from him and ask him questions. How often do we just make decisions really quickly without just asking the Holy Spirit? Positioning your hands under the soap. Holy Spirit, what do you think? What do you think, Holy Spirit? Do you have any insights onto that? Problem at work. What do you think, Holy Spirit? What do you think the answer is? James 1 says, when we ask for wisdom, he gives it without finding fault. He gives wisdom generously. And so the moment we ask for wisdom, we know wisdom's on the way. It's a way of positioning ourselves in all humility of saying, I'm positioning myself to receive grace. I don't know everything, God. I don't know everything, God. But you do. And so I'm going to ask you for wisdom. 
and then maybe there's a delay, but he says he's faithful and will give to those who ask for wisdom. So maybe it doesn't arrive on time, or our time, or immediately, but it's on the way. It's like if you order a book from Amazon, as soon as you order it, you get an email, don't you? It's on the way. I've ordered it, I've paid for it, it's on the way. You might even have a tracking number. You don't then say, where is it? Where is it? I'll order that again. I'll order that again. Where is it? No, you say, actually, I've got a tracking number. I've ordered it, it's on the way. Can I say that's like that with God and wisdom? I'm positioning myself under the soap, as it were. God, I need grace, I need wisdom, I need to understand something. And he says, I give wisdom without finding fault. Right, it's on the way. It's coming. Sometimes immediately. Sometimes later on. So that kind of cultivates a humility in our hearts. I'm leaning on God. Scripture meditation is a great way of getting into grace. Chewing over a verse. Do you know what? If you get one verse that you chew over all week, that will often do you more good than reading tons and tons and tons of stuff that you can't remember. Just chew it over. Chew it over. Think about it. Come at it at different angles. It's like, they call it like a cow chewing grass. Chew it over. Get every bit of nutrient out of that. Holy Spirit has brought it to your attention. Think about it. Chew it over. Until it gets absolutely into your system. We say, a means of grace. A means of grace. A means of putting your hands under the soap. Under the water. Is the person sitting next to you. God gives us a new mind, new heart, a new nature. And then adds us to a new community. You want to receive grace. Your brother, your sister, your friend has grace for you. Actually, James talks about confess your sins to one another that your healing might come. There's something about bringing stuff out into the light that transforms and makes it lose its power. The person next to you is a carrier of grace. They're a carrier of supernatural resources. They're a Christian. They've got something in them that can touch your life and strengthen your life. Church is much more than a meeting we attend, but it's a family we belong to. There's, are you cultivating relationships? In fact, shared lunch, why are we doing it once a month? To build family, we've got to get to know one another. Getting to know one another is, a, is great around a meal. It's the way they did it throughout the Bible. They just had meals together, they ate together, they built community together. There's grace that can come to you through the person sitting next to you or your friendships in the church. Whether it's a Wednesday night at the, guy, at the group that Rob leads with the men or, or, or Katrina's group on a Thursday night once a month or Kingdom Culture or being here on a Sunday or having a coffee with somebody and getting them to pray for you and prophesy over you. You know, when we say something to one another, say, let's wait on God together. I, I want to receive something for you. And God will give a verse or a picture or an idea or wisdom supporting one another. Christians are not islands on their own, trying to sort everything out. They're to be added to a family and to walk deeply with one another. So in conclusion, grace works by 
marinating us in God. The goal of every believer is to be pickled in the Holy Spirit. That's your job description should you choose to accept it. To get absolutely pickled in the Holy Spirit. Marinated, saturated, flooded, filled with God. So that wherever you go, you begin to leak God. So that because of Holy Spirit in us, working in us, the fruit of the Spirit become the way we see the world, the way we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it says. And so in Romans 12, I believe. Be renewed by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, so that you think like God. So that the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control are not just things that you do when you're feeling stoical and want to double your effort and want to white-knuckle it or show God that you're serious. They become the overflow of a person whose whole life is getting themselves under the soap, getting themselves under the water, getting themselves under the dryer, who live with with decision after decision of, I'm going to meditate on the Bible. My commute is going to be double used. I'm going to get to be with the family of God. I'm going to get here early, have a coffee and encourage somebody. I'm going to meditate on the scriptures. I'm going to turn my affection to him whenever I get an opportunity. Whether it be a wave or a smile, I've got to be with him. I'm going to renew my mind so I realise there's never a moment when I'm not in his presence and I'm not seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's where I am. And that everything I do is spiritual. Everything I do is spiritual. Whether it's cleaning the toilet or washing up or cooking a meal or or, or teaching in a classroom or fixing something if you're practical. Whatever you do is spiritual. And so your mind is renewed to understand I'm always with him. He's always with me. And then you begin effortlessly. Because you know, apart from him I can do nothing. And you begin to become one who's saturated, marinated in God. It's very touched this week. We had a family get together for sad reasons, a funeral in the family. And my auntie, who's not a believer, said of myself and my brother, when I was near Duncan and Jamie, I felt calm. And uh, we, we didn't, I didn't actually say anything about Jesus. We were just talking about whatever. But you want to get... I just thought, oh God, that's such a wonderful encouragement. God, you're doing more than I realise. More is happening in your presence than I could ever have imagined. I just want to get near you, with you. Even I love that this phrase can be misunderstood, waste time with you. I just want to be near you and with you. Because my job description is get pickled, get marinated, get saturated in the Holy Spirit... And then leak it out as fruit of him being with me. And then we live to take him with us. Let me say this about next Saturday. To go treasure hunting, this is the key. You don't grit your teeth. You don't get your knuckles all white saying I'm going to double my effort. You say this, my priority It's going to get filled with God and I'm going to take God with me wherever I go. Whether it's at work, school, college, 
Plumstead High Street. In conclusion, a people who access the means of grace that transforms them and gets saturated and marinated in God become a sign and a wonder to the people around them. Because you become a demonstration that you have a source that they don't know anything about. You become a demonstration that you're plugged into an invisible realm they could hardly even imagine exists. You begin to demonstrate that you have a well where you're drinking from. You demonstrate that you have a place where you receive something. And you've not done it through work. You've not done it through extra effort. You've just got grace. You're telling yourself what to do. You're saying, my number one priority that I'm going to tell myself what to do is to get with him. And I'm going to use whatever means works to get me in his presence. I'm going to tell myself what to do. If I don't, when I wake up and I don't feel like it, ten seconds, God, I need you today and I want to be with you today. I'm putting my hands out, God. I'm coming to your throne of grace because I'm coming to receive something. Amen. Day gets tough. Oh, I need wisdom. You say you give wisdom without finding fault. God, I'm coming to receive wisdom because I need to understand how I'm going to manage this situation between these two colleagues that are in conflict. Or I need wisdom to understand how, what's the problem in this computer system because I don't really understand what's gone wrong. Or I want an idea from you that's going to cause my business to go up a level. And I'm coming to get wisdom in my time of need. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking out for it. You might be walking along the corridor between meetings. Might be, you might not wave your hand like that because you're not crazy. <laughs> but some way you can do it is a, a sort of a small smile. It's to you, God. A little smile. Another thing you can do, which is fun is use your hands free set to look like you're talking, but you're talking to God. All right? Because then you don't look crazy. That's one of the <laughs> mobile phone technology, that's a real winner. I'm actually preferring that one now to the hand on the ear. I have gone into a phone box and done that to chat with him. I just need to talk to you. I've got to be with you. Singing really loudly is okay, because everybody forgives that, don't they? Especially if you're on a bike. Because they only think you're mental for the time. <laughs> I've gone. <laughs> find ways, find ways, find ways that demonstrate I can do nothing. You're the vine, I'm the branch. I can do nothing. I'm not doing this without you, God. Find ways to just express that to him. Can I invite us to stand? We're going to sing a song to finish with which really is about us positioning ourselves under a waterfall of his grace. And that's where we live, constantly. Constantly we live under a waterfall of his grace and mercy. Constantly we live, as Christians, connected to the one who has infinite resources.
to enable, to empower us 